0: Welcome to Party Zone Revisited. The who's who in dance music, then and now.
1: With me, James Hyman.
0: And with me, Simone Angel. James Hyman, I'm so excited.
1: Yeah, I'm always excited talking with you and like, carrying on this amazing torch of the party's own um, history and yes. legacy for future generations and revisiting people we've obviously interviewed very early on in their careers. Now, today, I have to say, what I find remarkable is when you go back and look into what this guy's achieved, we know he's great. We know he's pretty much the most incredible best DJ in the world. I mean, he, he got a Guinness World Record for being in 1999, the most successful DJ in the world. I, that's a very hard record to be. I don't know how someone can say, no, I'm better than you. He At that time, I think he had played something ridiculous like 50 million people. Or he'd sold 5 million records. Right, look, of course, I'm talking about Paul Oakenfold. Now, what is remarkable is you forget the incredible extent of this guy's reach as a DJ, producer, remus, of what he's achieved in his career. And I have to say i don't think i remember this too well and it's even more remarkable because he's got this new autobiography coming out he w- he was and still is i'm sure to some extent dyslexic he doesn't hide that so it's quite unbelievable what this guy's achieved he says you know through his creative process i mean just a few of the things remember this guy was u2's dj he really married rock music mm-hmm. and dance music the Happy Mondays, remember all Manchester. He's kind of like a zealot, he was always there at really pivotal moments in club and dance culture. Ibiza, the narrative of Ibiza always harks back to him. As I said, Manchester, indie dance, you know, and rock and dance. Look at the places where that guy's DJed, Stonehenge, Mount Everest, Vegas, the Hollywood Bowl, places that no one's ever DJed, the first DJ to DJ at these places. I was thinking actually, what about him DJing? You've got to ask him if he DJs was planning to go into space. Because I think I read this week the chain smokers were being approached about being orbiting space. So what about 20,000 feet under the water? You know, it's like nothing he hasn't done. He's be- yeah, he was a chef, remember as well? Pretty good football player. Two autobiographies. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy signed Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, so basically Will Smith. Salt and Pepper, the Super Clubs, Home. Do you remember Home in Leicester Square, which... This week, as I talk to you, has become a Greg's bakery. So that's kind of it. all the TV work he did, the Big Brother theme on TV. I mean, that was him. A lot of soundtrack work. Well, I just saw wow. Elvis this week, the baz Lerman film, which was absolutely incredible. A remix of Elvis amazing. by Oaken. It's amazing, right? You've seen it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, look, there we go. I mean, I can go on and on and on. This guy, you know, for 40 years, the longevity, it's not like. He's kind of been away for five years, come back 10 years later like a Stone Roses. This guy has consistently produced and impacted pop culture with dance, electronic, whatever you want to call it, music. And I think I, I think it's fascinating, the benchmark. So, yep, I've said what I've had to say. I, mean, I I would like to think you wholeheartedly agree with me. He's remarkable.
0: Well, that's why I'm excited. I'm really excited to talk to him again. It's been so long since I've spoken to Paul Okafor. Oh, yes, and you course, remind I me, mean, you, you reminded know, me, paths just,
1: yeah, you remind yeah. me not to undermine any of what I've just said, but weirdly, weirdly, when I think back to the party zone or dance we did with him, I mean, I think we interviewed him several times, but one of the ones I remember was when he was on one of his very first Perfecto tours. It must have been early 90s. I think I remember this because it was a clip that was used a lot to promote what we were doing and someone lets off a massive burp behind him, and you both just crack up laughing.
0: Quiver. No. <laughs> the, the hugest burp in the background. That was great. <laughs> Did you hear that?
1: Yeah. Oh, that shouldn't undermine any of what I said and, about this guy.
0: And that is what you remember no no
1: i i (laughs) not at all i remember i remember that in relation to us i couldn't remember much of probably what we were talking about in the interview but all his achievements of course they will never you know hard to surpass and hard to forget
0: yeah no he's of course one of the dance music heroes Mm. i mean what one of the biggest one of the biggest dance music heroes ever um I just have a lot of memories as well of him playing, like, MTV Awards mm. after parties and stuff like that. He, he was usually there. Um, and just such a nice guy. I mean, he's always, throughout his time, has just stayed so down-to-earth, so approachable. Um, yeah, just an everyday guy with... Uh, an incredible ear for music an incredible talent and obviously a very clever businessman as well He must be absolutely so yeah all round package
1: i really look forward to this and listen <laughs> if this one if this one runs long and like hits the limit go go for it don't you know really i don't want to hear infinite anecdotes
0: okay you will do james for sure it's going to be good can't wait He did it. Paul Oakenfold, oh my goodness, you are such a busy man, and you've taken time out to be on the show. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
2: Oh, you're welcome. Good to see you again. Long, long time,
0: huh? Oh, yes. It's definitely been a very long time. Now, I know that at one point, I know that you've once said that you don't really like looking at the past. You prefer to focus on the present and the future. Is that still the case?
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. I think the only way to stay relevant um, is to do that, actually. It's nice to sometimes sit back and look at your achievements or talk to your kids and family about change. But in music, you should always stay, in my opinion, stay in the moment and look towards the future.
0: Yeah. Well... Be that as it may, <laughs> we are going to look back.
2: You're going to take me back. There right?
0: we go. We're going to do a little bit of everything. I want to see where you've been, where you are, and where you're going. So um, just for a little bit of fun, we're going to look at a moment when we met many, 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 many years ago. So I'm going to do a little screen share. Have a look at this. Okay, now, you all know this guy, Paul Oak and but did you know He actually started out working as a chef. He appeared on Blue Peter. He discovered Salt and Pepper, Jesse Jeff, and the Fresh Prince. Yeah, signed him. Signed him and worked for Death Gem. And I mean, there's even more. So that was in 96. And that just showed that you even entered the whole music scene with a bang because. Right in the beginning already you discovered salt and pepper and you know Jesse and all this stuff so how on earth did you manage to do that how did you how did you enter this whole field Um Do you remember?
2: Yeah, I do actually. Um I do very clearly because um my, I was having this conversation I've been thinking a lot about the past I've been Talking. I have an autobiography coming out very soon, so I've been digging deep into the past for the last few years, just thinking, talking, listening. Um, and how that moment came around was, if I can t- briefly take a step back, I I applied, and this is relevant to the conversation, I applied to every record company in England for a job and got turned down by everyone. So I had a choice to make in life, uh, and that choice was okay. I tried. It didn't happen. So do I move on? What do I do? Do I move on and, and go back to being a chef, uh, which I was at the time, um, or do I try and make something happen? And I had my qualifications as a chef, uh, and, and I could always go – Back or fall back on that. But I'm like, you know what? I just got to try once more. So I came up with this idea that if I went to New York, I could become a middleman. And what that means is I could go to all the record companies in New York, get all the promos before they were released, because promos come out six weeks before they're released, listen to those promos find the connections, and then connect it with the UK. So that's primarily what I did. So I found Champion Records, a guy called Mel Medali, and I said, listen, I I have all the connections. I have the records before any other DJ or record company gets them because they were sending me the promos. This was a long, this was a year of doing all this. So now I'm ready to go back, um, and I went home. So when Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince girls ain't nothing but trouble came out, I had the connections that could beat everyone to the punch. We know that Fresh Prince went on the beat with Will Smith. That record became a top ten pop hit, and then suddenly the doors were open. I, you know, I knew Salt and Pepper, I knew Run DMC, I knew Public Enemy, I knew all these bands and record companies. So I create myself a job. And that was the beginning of my path in music.
0: So it's so amazing. I mean, we'll touch on all the stuff that you've done. I mean, actually, I can't even touch on all the stuff you've done because that's just a Herculean task. I mean, just to mention it is too much. I don't even understand how you did everything you've done. You've done so much, but the whole life, right? Your whole career, and already in that beginning point, is really your work ethic. It's it's you are so driven and so dedicated. But where does that come from? Is that something that you you learned from your parents? Is is something that already formed in your childhood.
2: Um, it was instilled by my family, by my parents: hard work, um, loyalty, dignity, respect, honor. These 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 moments that we should all have um, were instilled, you know, at a very early age by my mum and dad. So my work ethic is. You know, focus on yourself, become the best you can, um, and work very hard to achieve it. Anyone who's successful, you know this. I mean, anyone who's successful works extremely hard. Nothing is ever given to you. Very rarely does someone come and say, here you go, right? You know, know. it's – so I've worked hard – for what I've got, and and I, I believe that as an owner of a record company, I'm in a position to give and, and teach, and, and that's come from all the many, many years of hard work into, into music.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you are an incredibly hard-working man. So just a few of the things, right? So you've Produced, um, you know, people like Madonna, Happy Mondays. The remixes are just too many to mention. I mean, again, Madonna, U2, Britney Spears, Michael Jackson, New Order, Rolling Stones, Massive Attack, Duran Duran, Africa Bombata, Moby. I mean, it just, I can go on and on and on and on and on. It's insane. You worked on film scores, right? There was yes. Born Identity, is that right? Shredded yes. 2, uh, yes. uh, Swordfish. Yeah. Um, you've toured, of course, with, you know, U2, who are also. With Madonna, right now you're touring with the Pet Shop Boys and um, New Order.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean it's it always
2: I... seems to be bands. It's really it's really weird because you know whether I've toured with a few shows with Chili Peppers, Lenny Kravitz, you two, and they, they they seem to be bands. I don't know why. I mean you know I've toured with Chemical Brothers and Prodigy and all that, right? But I do end up in that band world for some, re- apart from Madonna, of course. I mean, she's you know, but uh, yeah. And now I'm going ag- again with bands. I mean, New doing... Order, is Pet Shop Boys a band? I don't know, yeah. but I'm looking forward to. It. <laughs> they are
0: their own thing, whatever it is. They're just fabulous. Yeah. Okay, so I want to play you another little, uh, another little clip.
1: Record Mirror. July the 14th, 1990. Wild Nation was formed two years ago by Paul and a handful of other musicians, including Suzuki, a Japanese rock guitarist who's a bit of a megastar in his own country, and Boy George. Mixing elements of rock with heavy beats at a time when it was considered sacrilegious to do so, they produced an album of material that they touted around the major record companies, all of whom expressed interest, but none of whom had the courage to take a chance on a new sound that didn't fit neatly into any category. Many A&R scouts must be kicking themselves for the lost opportunity and so too the producers of the last Bond film who had chosen a Wild Nation track as the theme to Licence to Kill but pulled out after learning that Boy George was involved, no doubt fearing that the Bond image could be tarnished by George's past involvement with drugs. So, will the Wild Nation project ever see the light of day?
0: Isn't that funny? So, so in that article, they're talking about a project that never saw the light of day. So, my question to you is: How many projects like that, or how much music like that, is there? Are there like some vaults where there's just a ton of Paul Oakenfold yeah. unreleased material? Yep,
2: yeah, absolutely. There's. On my album that's just come out, I 17 tracks. I probably made 50, 60. I've got tons of music that's not come out.
0: Ooh, Ooh so can I have The Key to the Vault? That would be quite a good one to have. <laughs> wow. <laughs> how funny and so and and also you were talking about how bands always seem to approach you You, you've said about yourself in the past that you're impossible to pigeonhole and yes yet these days it seems that you are listed as like a trans dj so that's kind of like a pigeonhole isn't it so yeah that's all right i mean
2: you know people always want to put people in a certain place and that's 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 okay. I you know I mean I've just remixed Drake. That's urban, you know. I'm on tour with a band. My album's cinematic. I play melodic music. I mean, it's that's how I see myself. Other people may see me as a trance DJ or you know or a remixer or whatever. But that's part and that's how the music business works generally.
0: Mm. Yeah. No you, you said once in an interview that your eclectic taste was really because you grew up listening to BBC radio, where there was all kinds of music. You were exposed to everything. Okay. So how important do you think BBC still is and BBC radio still is? Because young people don't really listen to radio so much anymore, right?
2: Yeah, that, that's, that's a good question because... I don't know the answer to that because I don't live in England, but I would love to know the answer to that question. How important now is BBC? It was it was the place where we'd all go for music because the radio, realistically, w- was was the only place unless you went to a record store. But you know, listening to Radio One, I, I think they, they they shone a shone a light on a lot of people's musical taste, Mm -hmm. because that was where we'd hear new music. Um, You know, that was where we'd go to hear music, uh, collective sounds. I mean, that was a great thing about Britain. I mean, moving to America, coming on tour in America and going to, to various festivals, it was one genre. In England, we got all kinds of music listening to American radio. It was various genres, rock here, pop there, uh, urban in a different place. So I think Radio 1 was an important part, certainly, of my upbringing, my musical taste. But what it means to people now, I probably think not nowhere near as much. I probably think that the generation of today are all about streaming. Um, Yeah, Shazamming, if they're out listening to anything, but... And just putting their own playlist together. Um, I don't think they are as popular as they used to be.
0: But isn't that, I mean, don't you think that it's going to negatively impact the music that's going to be made in the future? Because, you know, for instance, I was just talking to the makers of the uh, God Said Give Him Drum Machines movie, and they were talking about how Mojo, the DJ Mojo, was so important in the Detroit area because he was playing this whole big variety of music. And so these people grew up having this whole rich tapestry of music. And, and so in the UK, you get that too, which might be, you know, Know the the explanation of why there's so much great music coming out of the UK, or always has done, and then in the future, if everyone's just following the algorithm and just they just get more music of what they already know and already like, I mean, what's that going to be like in the future?
2: Well, well, well two. There's two parts to that question. The first part is you can go anywhere to find new music, so it doesn't matter. So it's not really about Radio One. Music is out there for all of us to find. If you want to find it, wherever it is, more platforms, you're accessible to more choice. Right. Get that. Um, second part of your question, or or your answer, I I, I agree. Right. That the where where music, in my opinion, is going wrong, is the record companies. The record companies are just about numbers now. The the true A and R of finding an artist, wherever you find them, right, working with their music, developing them, building them, is very rare now because you've got a shorter window to find, you find an artist and it's all about what's around the artist. How big are your social numbers? How big are your followers? What's your engagement? Issues that are—is your music being shazam? Perfect example is, is Billie Eilish. Billie Eilish had a whole fucking movement going on before a record company signed up. She's the future of how to do it, right? Now bear in mind, because of various different platforms and. Anyone can upload music. It's really hard to break through, and there's no A and R in all this shit. So you, it's twenty thousand dance records a week now. Twenty thousand dance records a week. Wow. No one can stay on top of it. Yeah. Everyone's fucking DJ because technology has <laughs> made it easy. So there's no art. There's a. There, you yeah. could say there's a kind of decline in bands crossing over because you have to pick an instrument up and learn how to fucking play it and play it and play it and play it and play it. And 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 with DJing, you can just press play and do that. Yeah. Producers set on your laptop, but that's the world we live in. So that's where it brings me back to changes upon you every day. You don't have to enjoy change don't have to like change. But the smart one in the room is the one who understands change. So we're in, we're constantly in change and music is no different. So that's the life, that's the life, that's the world we live in and you move with change. You take what's worked to your business like we're talking on a phone now. That's change. That would have never happened, right? So, um... So so here we are. Music is now in a place where you've got to put a big picture around it for it to cross over. And look at, for instance, look at Simon Cowell. Look at his latest band. His new group is Four Girls, Three Guys, who he found on TikTok. It's the first TikTok band. So they are there based around their reach, their look, their numbers. Hmm. So where does the music, the music comes very far down the line. It's, I I presume it's numbers first, your look and what you bring to the table. So he's got dancers, singers, and he's got this four, five, six, seven piece group. They're TikTok stars. And that's the future. Now, we are not even, even talking about the music. Wow. We haven't. What, who wrote the music? I mean, I, what is the music? I presume it's Cheesy Pop.
0: Wow. We'll find out. We'll find out. They're already <laughs> touring America. God, that's crazy. I've got another clip to show you.
2: He found them. What's that? They're already touring America. They're up and running and they're popular with the kids. And I don't even know the name of them. Or I did, but I
1: forgot.
0: Right. Well, there you go. Let me show you another little clip here. This one kind of talks about popularity.
1: Urban Magazine, December 2000. It seems anyone vaguely connected to the multifarious beast that is the global dance music industry has an opinion on Paul Oakenfold. He is loved as much as he is loathed and his projects are deified and derided in equal measure. The fact that he is still the ubiquitous public face of dance music over 10 years since Acid House's glorious late 80s inception only begins to explain the phenomenon that is Paul Oakenfold. As Keith Richards memorably put it, when attempting to explain the nature of the Rolling Stones, you're born and the Rolling Stones are there. Ditto, Paul Oakenfold. You want to dance? And there's Paul Oakenfold. He knows what the kids want. They want elongated breakdowns, calculated chord changes, animotive strings and fold delivers, and then some. He doesn't care about what he perceives to be the whining of a vocal minority. He's interested in hearing what the kids dancing and losing themselves to the intimacy of the beat and thus discovering themselves in his flawless mixing, have to say. It's quite straightforward really, he notes, warming to his theme. All I do is go out there and play music to the people. At the end of the day, they judge you. They let you know because you're directly in contact with that crowd week in, week out. If you ain't rocking that crowd, they're going to let you know because they're paying good money to see you. And that's all they really care about.
0: So is that true, by the way? What, you, what that article said that you, at least back then, it said you were loved and loathed in equal measures. Did you ever experience it like that? Because to me, you're just no. loved.
2: No. no. No, I don't no. no, that was news to me. I didn't even know that.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was going to say, how would you have dealt with that? How did you? This is actually a question... Um, how did you or how do you deal even with with the adulation and with the fame because you're so grounded how how have you done this well, i don't
2: i i don't engage in it no. i don't i don't read any comments um look my attitude is just do the best you can do not everyone's gonna like the record that i make that I release next week, Uh, but I cannot put my hand to my heart and say I tried my best. Mm -hmm. And that's all you can do. uh, You're judged. Every show is important. I'm aware that I'm judged on every show. I don't take it for granted. I, I, you know, I work extremely hard to stay on top of it. Um, But I've learned as I get older, which is difficult to do, to let go. I'm, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not the 21-year-old kid who some of my colleagues are and, they're, and it's their moment and I'm all right with it. I wasn't. It was difficult to suddenly realise that you're not the new kid on the block. Look, in society, what do we want? We want new clothes, a new house, a new car, a new movie, a new record. We want new, 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 new. And it's the same in music. There's new young DJs who come up and it's their time and it's their moment. We're still here. There's still room for us. But you've got to learn at some point in a long career to be able to let go and go, all right, I'm I'm still here. I'm more maybe an older, wiser person. I still do it. I still love it. And I'm still lucky after thirty years that people still coming to my shows. I mean, yeah, that, that you know, that's another thing. I'm like, hang on, you know, you better think
0: that I have the best clip I have, and I've got the best clip ever for you. Wait, wait, this one is just perfect right now. Wait until you see this one. <laughs> oh my goodness do you think you're ever, ever going to pack it all in? Because you once said to me that one you're going to pack it all in and you're going to go back to being a chef. Yeah, right. will, You think right. that will ever
3: happen? Yeah. No, I will. <coughs> yeah, I'm fully qualified chef. So, yeah, I will pack it all in. Yeah, I definitely. don't
0: think you will. I mean, I'm not,
3: I don't want to be 45, 50 DJing, to be honest with
0: you. I bet you're going to be doing that. I bet it's going to be, you know, like, maybe bad example, but you know how Tina Turner, like, has done, like, you know, like, the last tour, you know, <laughs> what, of her career about ten stones. times. Yeah. And she keeps coming back. That's what you're going to be doing.
2: So, well, let me, so what changed? Love. Love changed. I I grew into, look, I'm a, I'm a single man, right? I have two wonderful kids and a great mother of those kids. But I'm in love. I'm my first love, and I realised this many years ago. I've committed and given up a lot for music. It's just that way. I, I am, I am a fully qualified chef. I cook at home. I cook for friends. I enjoy that moment of cooking. But music is. It just drives me. It's. I. It's just. I've. I'm now comfortable, and have been for a while. That. I'm all right if I'm going to be on my own. and I've got friends, great friends, family, and and music. And um, I'm in a nice place. I'm in a, a, a settled place as I grow older as a man with myself. So will I give it up? No, I don't think I will. <laughs> <laughs> I think just, i think you're gonna be, you're gonna be like someone will be rolling me in on a, in a wheelchair i'll be like yeah you know i don't know i mean it, it's it, i I think I think you know i it's, i just so enjoy playing and making music it, it's it puts a smile on my face so, Do I enjoy the travel? No, travel's got harder. Uh, Do I? Am I trying to find a better balance? I think I found it coming out of COVID. I turn a lot down, so I choose wisely. Uh, And but I enjoy seeing the world. Music's been so good to me. I've seen the world many. I've been around the world many times with boxes of records. So I'm not ready to hang up yet.
0: And you always seem to do very interesting things. I mean, so this is the other stuff that you did. So you were the first DJ to headline Glastonbury, the main stage. You played Wembley. You played the Hollywood Bowl. You played on the Great Wall of China, Mount Everest. That was last year, right? Two years ago. Two years ago? Well, no,
2: three. Three. Because of COVID. Three.
0: Okay. Now you're going to be an avatar. You're going to be in the metaverse.
2: I am. I, I just signed a deal to be a resident DJ in the metaverse, which leaves, which, leave, as they said to me, and it really, you know, when they asked me, they, I was like, okay, tell me more. So, I leave, I leave a legacy that exists for as long as I want it to exist. So, when I'm dead, I will still be teaching If I want <laughs> I, I don't know if people are going to want to see me like that. But That's but you can do that.
0: That's amazing. You literally are never going to retire. Brilliant. You, you, you're you, dead.
2: Yeah, you can. I don't know if I go that far, but you know the 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 the. Avatar is, this is the part of what I was saying with change. Embrace the change that you like. And the changes come where there is a metaverse, there is an alternative world. The children, the kids, my kids, they live in the metaverse. They're always gaming and they're in that world, right? So for them it's nothing new, for
0: me it is. So your avatar will be possibly forever. What about space? What about space or, like, the bottom of the ocean, like, those kind of things? I'm just wondering where else you can go. I'd, go.
2: I'd certainly DJ in space. If someone asked me, I'd go... For sure, I'd go up there and DJ. I wouldn't go to the bottom of the ocean, no way. <laughs> I had okay. no desire Sorry. to do that.
0: But We won't do that. So what about... So talking about Mount Everest... There's a really interesting book. Um, it's called The Second Mountain, The Quest for a Moral Life by David Brooks. And he talks about our lives in, like, mountains. So, you know, my past is like a little hill. Yours is literally Mount Everest, but also your career is like Mount Everest. So that's the first mountain. And then he says the second mountain that we climb in life is often the one where it becomes about giving back. Is that really important to you these days?
2: Sure. Absolutely. I mean, I've been on that mountain for many years. I mean, my record company will be 30 years this year. (laughs) Um, And we have signed some of the biggest artists, biggest DJs that everyone knows, from David Guetta to Cole Cox to Mark Ronson uh, uh, and so on. And now it's the next generation. And so we are signing Tomorrow's star today. Uh, It's a lot tougher. It's a lot more difficult because of what I mentioned earlier on with 20,000 dance records and everyone's a DJ producer. So the lane is extremely busy, but we focus on talent. We find the artists that we want to work with. And I, and r am I? help them, support them, talk to them and tell them and show them the path that I took.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And it seems to be, I mean, like you've also, isn't there also another charity that you run as well, which was focused on also finding Worldwide Talent Search and Development Mentorship Programme? Is that right? I
2: uh, I do a lot in that space. When I, instance, Mount Everest, I raced, Nearly a hundred thousand pound for three different two music charities and one local charity in the pool for kids who live on the mountain. Uh but my biggest one is for the last five years I'm um I do the biggest charity event in the UK. It's called Soccer Aid. Right. A UNICEF. So I'm the, the musical I don't know what you want to call it, director, producer, whatever it is, but I saw all the music out for UNICEF and Soccer Aid on that day. I DJ in the stadium, outside the stadium. If they need music for the show, I do that. And then at the end, I do the party. And we raise a lot of money. Um, So that's the biggest. I think we raised over £15 million this time around.
0: And it's mixing your two loves, right? Football and music.
2: Football and music, yes. Yeah, exactly. Right.
0: <laughs> but even the Perfecto logo kind of was like, you know, kind of had that, that football look about it. Yeah, it sure
2: does.
0: Let me share another clip of when we met before when we were actually talking about this. Uh what about the whole policy behind label, the whole philosophy behind, is there, is there such thing? Yeah, is there a t- yeah.
3: totally, um, and we're really focused on, on our overall direction and what we're, we're trying to achieve. We're trying to develop artists and sell albums uh, on a worldwide basis. We're not into uh, single, we're not a singles right. orientated label. Yeah,
0: so what about, is it ever going to be like a Perfecto US?
3: Yeah, we, we, okay. we just, we launched Perfecto in September. Um, me, BT, and John Please went and did a party, which is just good fun. I
0: can imagine.
3: Yeah. So yeah, I mean, well, it, it's, it takes a lot longer when you're trying to do it the way we're doing it. Mm. You know. Um,
0: but eventually it'll pay off.
3: But eventually, hopefully. And it will someone's
0: pay off. got to do that, otherwise yeah. everything gets too shallow. <coughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I,
3: I don't really want to do that. You know, I mean, with everything I, I do, even down the DJ, I, I try and do less rather than more on yeah. quality. Yeah. You know, so if I'm playing a night, I'll hang out in that club all night and talk to the people and hang out with the promoter mm. rather than in and out. Yeah. Or, well,
0: know. I mean, that, that kind of explains to me as well why uh, Perfecto got the award for best label at the 1996 Music Magazine Awards, right? Yeah. Quality.
2: Yeah, I still do that.
0: So basically, you, you're... Your whole focus was all about developing artists. I still You're do still that. doing that. You've got like a whole bunch of perfectors now. You've got house, you've got black, you've got um, Fluor.
2: Fluoro. fluoro. Fluoro,
0: okay, I'm saying it wrong. But your whole policy, so your whole idea back then, you said I'd rather do, do less and provide quality yes. than just do it. And, and look how much you've ended up doing. That. I know.
2: It's <laughs> Don't listen to a word of say. <laughs> so um with numbers um and the expansion of our industry dance music comes more. Um and I still believe we focus on quality. If I tell you what let's let's reverse the question and How much don't I do to how much I do do, right? So as I said, I love what I do and and I don't see it as work. The amount of stuff I turn down, which people ask me to DJ at or they ask me to produce or do new ventures, the label, there's a lot. I still believe in less, it's more on quality. It's just as the label grows, there are other people who work on the label, which are the team. So we may put out more music, but it's not down directly down to me. It's me trusting the next generation of, I'm looking for the young meets right? So I find someone who's got enthusiastic, the great work ethic, wants to learn, listen, and and get on in life, well, then I'll give you that opportunity. Here you wow. go, you know, and that's my role now. So they go out and sign all the music and do all that. It, it, it is yeah. there? And when it does well, they reap the rewards. If it doesn't do well, we brush ourselves down and we go again, you know, yeah. and that's part of growing up and, you know, growing as a person and, and in life.
0: Yeah. And so that's how you stay future oriented. Yes. The next generation. Paul, thank yes. you so much. I know, I know it was a bit of a squeeze trying to get <laughs> you today. So I really appreciate your time.
2: We did I it.
0: Wish, I wish we had a lot more time, but I know you got to go. So thank yeah. you so, so, much. You're welcome
2: and take care and. Enjoy. And uh, you know, enjoy police.
0: And I will see you somewhere somehow, even if it's in the metaverse. Our paths will cross again for sure.
2: See you in the metaverse.
1: <laughs> but I'm really buzzing recently, you know, all the all the stuff, the Detroit show, it was absolutely fantastic. I really say I used the word cuddles for those two. They were really beautiful people. And it was amazing to see some of those old clips from 97, 25 years ago. So anyone watching this who hasn't watched that, you must, you must. Yeah, just beautiful to see. Really amazing to see our stuff from all those years ago. Absolutely loved it. Loved it. So as well, how was it with the most successful DJ in the world ever, according to Guinness Book of Records from 1999, a record that, no one will probably ever beat. He'll keep that record forever. How was he?
0: It was wonderful to catch up with uh, Paul Oakenfold. We had a little bit of uh, an issue in the beginning. It's a bit like saying to someone, I'll meet you by the clock at Central Station and it turns out there's two clocks and you're both waiting by the wrong clock, right? So that was me and Paul. So we were online waiting for each other, but in different places. And so the man who's so incredibly busy was waiting for me and I was waiting for him and like 20 minutes passed and we couldn't find each other. And for someone who's that busy, that is a real big deal. So that kind of cut into my interview time, which was such a shame. There was so much more I would have wanted to ask him. Um, I didn't get to play the oldest bit of press that we found on him. Uh, The one where we talked about, you know, acid house having to go underground.
1: NME 22nd of October, 1988, Paul Oakenfold speaking. Acid is going underground. It's got to go that way because of all the fuss. The media are out to kill it. I DJ in Brighton every Thursday night at the Zap Club and there have been big things in the local paper. One article said, if your kid is wearing a T-shirt with a smiley face on it, take him straight to the doctors. He's probably on drugs. I mean, Jesus. He raises his hands in despair. Obviously drugs are involved, but I don't know to what extent. It's impossible to say.
0: And, um... The other bit as well, there was another bit of press that I didn't get to share, which actually was my favorite quote, where he was talking about um, how important good karma is. So...
1: Music Magazine, October 1999. All that money, all that time away from home, all those mini bars, all those air hostesses, how does Oakenfold exercise restraint when most British DJs would rush in and sate all and every desire? What stops him doing a Nicky Holloway? We all love to party, confines Oak and Fold, but the important thing is a question of balance. I work long hours, so I have to take my health very seriously. I drink loads of water. I have a personal nutritionist, an acupuncturist and a reflexologist. I get Ayurvedic massages for purification and rejuvenation. I enjoy flotation tanks, I do yoga, I'm interested in health, and I'm also a spiritual, if not strictly religious person. I enjoy going to countries where the happiness of being alive is more important than a new BMW. In essence, I make sure everything I do is from the heart, even if it involves risks. All my decisions are from the heart, even when they turn out to be mistakes.
0: We didn't get to discuss those, but we did get to discuss a lot of good stuff. I mean, the thing that I really loved was the idea of his avatar, which can potentially now play indefinitely, like forever. Which is such a strange thought that...
1: It is. Does does the avatar get paid for DJing?
0: Oh, oh my God, I didn't ask him that. Hmm. Hmm
1: fascinating era we are with the whole metaverse and deep fakes isn't it we're going through an interesting uh you know intellectual property phase now aren't we the deep fakes have you seen these deep fakes of tom cruise and people and avatars yeah and you know dead people's rights and can could paul Okenfold technically dj Ab- abba with the avatars the avatars them i guess they're getting paid you go you go to watch abba you're not seeing them in the flesh, you're actually seeing avatars.
0: Yeah.
1: All about the contract.
0: Yeah. But as Paul Oak and said, you cannot stop change, you have to go with it. And that is why he's still so successful. He is not scared of change, he embraces it and he just goes to it. So yeah, it was a, it was a wonderful um, discussion and yeah, fascinating.
1: Can't wait to hear it. Big up.